Craig Hunt. I feel pretty good actually right now. I think I, I had like a little uh, like gummy bear thing um, before the not again. Not, not the gummies. Not, there you go again. Making faces. The Hoffman Show. That's why. That's why I was like trying to describe it in a way. No, like a piece of candy. So I think I'm on a sugar high right now. On the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. Watermelon sugar high. Watermelon sugar high. Thursday. Yes, the rumors are true. We're here until 4:28 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, because we got college hoops coming up here on the team at 980, some of the holiday tournaments, etc. So a quick one today, if you're streaming us live on YouTube, you see that is definitely not Anthony Haney in the other box today. Uh, that is Matt Essig, uh, who has been nice enough to give Anthony the day off by sticking around the whole two extra segments as opposed to making Anthony drag himself downtown from Georgetown Prep. Uh, so, uh, Essig, you, sir, get to participate in the first ever Hoffman Show Holiday Mailbag. Sounds fun. I'm ready. Let's go. So just like, what do we want to do with the show today? I was like, I don't know. What are we going to do with half an hour? And I thought, let's do a mailbag episode. We've never done this on the show before. We do like never read the comments, but that's still topical. But I was like, let's open it up. And so we'll get to some non-sports questions uh, in a few. But I figured we'd start with some commander's questions. Uh, A underscore process said, I have lost faith in the current regime's ability to put players on both sides of the ball in the best positions to succeed. At this point, I have no idea who is really good or bad with Montez being just one example. Is this view too extreme? I thought that was a really interesting tweet because you watch Montez, who, by the way, is the sack leader this season for both the commanders and the bears. And you're like, I don't know. Do these guys stink now? Are they still good? Is this player good or bad? And I will say, this is why the next GM is going to get paid a lot of money, because he's got to actually figure that out for real. We get to yap about it on the radio. Here's what I would say. I don't think John Allen or Terry McLaurin or Deron Payne, all of whom have had down years production-wise, suddenly became bad football players. So there's three guys that I think are pretty easy. I still believe in John Dotson. I think he's pretty good. Um, obviously, like Curtis Samuels had a great year, but I don't know that you necessarily – like how much that is worth to you to bring back in terms, cause he's a free agent, which sucks. Cause I really like Curtis both as a player and as a dude. Um, but I also think like the good news is guys like Emmanuel Forbes and Quan Martin who played like our rookies playing a position where their position coach was so bad. He got fired. That's actually encouraging because they're probably better. Like this is the worst they're ever going to play. And you have to figure that the next staff will be better and far more cohesive. So this is why, like, I think over the last couple of weeks, I've pushed back when people say, oh, we way overrated this roster. I'm like, eh, I don't know. I actually think that there's a lot of good players here who are not coached particularly well, uh, both schematically, like, put in positions to succeed and technique-wise coached at a high level. So that's good. Unfortunately, it means this season has been terrible. Um, but I, I think that, like, those are just some of the guys that I still believe in as football players. There's certainly others. Um, but it makes the rebuild feel something like something that could happen quicker and be much less dramatic. But it, is it a view that's too extreme? No, because I could be 100% wrong on that. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's hard to, it's hard to say, um, which isn't exactly the best sports radio, Matty. No, I'm, and I'm with you. And I think one of the issues is this team in this organization has a very experimental feel to it. We're yeah. working on getting a new quarterback and we're working on trying to get this player to play this position and we're trying to get this. And it's a lot of things that in It's like theory, nobody's like, hey, how do we win football games? Yeah, in theory, they're all smart moves and smart ideas. And it's like, hey, if this works out, you're a genius. Yeah. 
The issue is we do a lot of experiments that do not pan out and then don't figure out a way to back that up well, in case also it doesn't have, work. Because then you wind up with too many experiments at once. And it's yeah. like, I don't know, let's experiment with one thing at a time and have some, some things for those experiments to, to fall back on, if you will. And when everything's an experiment, nothing turns out to be okay. <laughs> right. And you, then you don't know which experiment failed and which one succeeded, which is kind of the point of the question. Uh, Michael uh, Kashrai, Michael, I probably just absolutely murdered your last name, so I apologize. Michael K says, not the New York Yankees one, this notion that the commanders will draft a QB in the first is gaining steam. Why? A competent GM would leverage their position in solidly more picks. How do you see this playing out? I don't know. Like, I hate to say it, but like, I'm so far from being able to answer this question um, in part because I don't know who the next guy is. So I'll, in order to like try to answer it, I'll give you a couple scenarios. If like a Ben Johnson winds up here, I think he sticks with how I think how like one of the better comps skill set level wise to Sam, I think is Goff. Goff's obviously more talented he was a first overall pick. And if you've ever seen Jared Goff throw in person, which I have, I saw him 2017 in LA. You watch the kid warm up, the ball flies out of his hand. And I, it's one of those where I immediately just went, oh, that's why he's he's him. Like other guys that I've, I've had that same thought about are Cam Newton and Aaron Rodgers, where you watch warmups from the field and you go, oh. Like there's obviously a lot more to play quarterback, but you get it. I don't know that Sam has that, even though Sam has a good release and a, and a strong arm. But, like, Sam needs to be incubated and insulated, and Ben Johnson's done a fantastic job of that. And if that's the case, then I do think a trade down potentially is on the table if there's a super quarterback-hungry team that wants to give you something stupid to come up and get their guy. If they like Jaden Daniels or whoever, Bo Nix, Michael Penix, way more than you do, and you're not interested, then it does make sense. The risk, I think, is that you you give up, you know, and all I have to go on right now is like Matt Miller joined us on Take Command last week. I haven't had a lot of talks with a lot of other draft analysts, and I certainly haven't, haven't started my draft prep myself. But he's got Caleb Williams, Olu Fashanu, the tackle from Penn State, and, and Marvin Harrison Jr. as his three tier one guys. Like, those are the blue chippers. I would not pass up on one of those, especially on a roster completely devoid of blue chip talent. And by the way, like we had a great conversation today with Matt Harmon from the Reception Perception podcast. And we talked about how moving Terry into a Z receiver, like the flanker spot, getting him off the ball, freeing up some of his releases could be really helpful. But you need like a really good X receiver to do that. And would you necessarily go spend big free agent money on Mike Evans? No. But if you get Marvin Harrison Jr., who a lot of people think is going to go to the Hall of Fame, that could be a good pick too. So, um, that said, I think there are other coaches that you hire that you that might really like Daniels or what he does fits them. Or if Drake May slides in the draft process and isn't automatically this number two overall pick that everyone thinks he's going to be. Yeah, it's possible. Um, but I think all that's on the table. Quarterback, blue chipper, that's not quarterback, or trade down. I think, And I do think the way this draft shakes out, all those could potentially be the right uh, thing. Here was a, a fun, a fun but terrifying question, Matt. Uh, pay the man uh, tweets uh, to give Matt and Craig race. What? No. Uh, sorry, that's not what he tweeted. Uh, at pay underscore the man says, as bad as things have turned out this year, how much worse would it be if Snyder were still the owner? So here's why I think this is an interesting question. Because the answer is not much. 
because that is reflective of the fact that the 2023 Washington Commanders are Dan Snyder's team. They And by the way, they were kind of even worse because they were hamstrung financially by the sale. And I think that one of the underreported stories that's starting to gain a little bit more steam in terms of people understanding is this coaching staff was not what it would be if Ron and Eric had the financial flexibility to hire whoever they wanted in the offseason. I also think they haven't signed free agents in two years, and this is a part of it. So I think that this is reflective of Snyder. So this season, like the actual season, would not be that much different other than there would have been less fans in the stands. The difference is there's hope coming out of it. The difference is on the back end of this, instead of Dan firing Ron and them getting some lackluster candidate and a terrible GM and Dan then messing up their plan, even if it was a halfway decent one a couple years in, Josh Harris is going to hire, theoretically, one of the best people on the market both GM and head coach. They're going to have a cohesive strategy. They're going to execute that strategy and hopefully it'll work. Um, and they're going to have the resources to do it. And like, there's, there's real hope coming out of a bad season. The record, not like they would be actually have, you know, they wouldn't be Carolina bad. If Dan was still here, Dan built this. Um, the good news is coming out of it is it's, it's going to get better. Yeah. And I think it's important to remember for all the people that do not like uh, the Harris group from their time with the 76ers because of their inability to maintain a coach. This is one of the things that you want, that you have an ownership group that is actively tr- succeeding or striving for success, not for mediocrity, not because they like the guy, but because or, what have you done for me lately? And that's the kind of energy that I feel like this fan base in this organization needs to the kick in the pants do your job or you're going to be gone yeah i mean the thing is with the sixers too like one they've won 50 games a ton so they've failed spectacularly successfully failure like imagine winning 12 games every year and being pissed because you didn't win a super bowl if that's if that's where we are five years from now i'm psyched i'll take that compared to what they've been here um, where this team hasn't won 12 games since they won a Super Bowl, which is hilarious because the other the kind of NBA alternative is obviously the 50 games that we started with with the Sixers. And who hasn't won 50 games in the longest? Your Washington Wizards! Um, anyway, the point is, uh, Harris gave Brett Brown a, a long time, maybe fired him a little too soon, um, depending on what you thought about Brett Brown. Brought in Doc. Doc had it a number of years. There was some... I don't think they liked the direction things were going, and they went and hired someone who I think is a better coach. Like, Doc Rivers is a good NBA coach, but Nick Nurse is a great NBA coach. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm fine with that. What they've done with the Devils, I mean, you would know more about that than me. You're more of a hockey guy than me, but, like, they've built something nice there. They, they've changed that organization around. Yeah, tremendously. Entire 180. So I'm excited to see what, what they can do here. All right, um, last, last sports one, and then we'll get to some fun non-sports ones on the other side of the break. Johnny Guccione, Johnny Guccione uh, tweets us, uh, what current commander's defensive player should be starters on next year's defense? This is a fun one. Um, Alan Payne, I think both. I, if they want to trade Allen, I'm not going to freak out. But I think Alan Payne, um, I would say one of the defensive ends, and then I would, I would like a stud on the other edge. You need like one do-the-dirty-work guy. And whether you re-sign Casey Tuhill or KJ Henry takes that spot, I, I think it's probably worth it just to let one of those two guys start. Um, and then if you want to go spend a little extra money, like go get a situational pass rusher. Um, you're not dead if Cody Barton's a starter, but I would like to upgrade there. Jamin, I think, starts next year. It's the last year of his, his deal. Um, 
I think Forbes needs to be a starter for you, not because he's played well, but because you drafted him in the first freaking round and you have to play him. Um, and hopefully he's better. If not, then you start to think about other alternatives. Um, Curl's a funny one with the contract. I don't know how much I'd pay Cam Curl. I just, the communication back there, I would like someone who's better with that. Um, if I'm going to pay him a ton of money, but if his numbers come down, I'm fine. I would probably like to get another safety. Defoe's solid. You can live with him if you upgrade. Like, that's the thing. Like, you either need another stud safety or a stud middle linebacker. You need one of the two. And if you get the stud safety, you can live with Cody Barton. Wouldn't like to, but could live with it. You get the stud middle linebacker, you're you're living with even Curl and Defoe. If not, I'd like to upgrade there. And then... St. Juice is the is the hard one. I think Benjamin's a better player than he showed this year. I think the some of the bad coaching really got to him. But if you want to upgrade on Benjamin St. Juice, I am perfectly fine with that based off the year he's had because all we have is the results that are in front of us. All right, that's half of our radio show for today. Uh, we will continue our holiday mailbag with some fun non-sports questions. Next is the Hoffman Show on the Team 980 and always live on the free Odyssey app. Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. This 30-minute edition on a Thursday where we got college hoops coming up next at 4.30. So we decided to do a little holiday mailbag. Matt Essig is in for Anthony today, which makes this next question very fun, Matt. Uh, We got a question from my guy, Teresh, um, who said it'd be fun to hear how you and your producer plan the rundown for your show, including guests, and for your podcast with Logan. Particularly, how do you ensure you're covering major topics yet not appear redundant? And I'd say this is fun that we have Matt here because we can compare notes to how you do it with uh, Chris Russell on his show. Um, So I think something that people might not understand entirely about radio, uh, because it doesn't make sense until you think about it. It's one of those things where like, the second you think about it, you're like, oh, duh, but you don't necessarily think about it initially is I don't actually really think about it as like a chronological show. Like for radio, the same people that are listening at four o'clock are not going to necessarily listen at six o'clock. And not that I want to do the same segment over again. Although I have joked with CK, I was like, let me just do my best segment first and then let's replay it every, you know, just replay it on repeat until the end of the show. And I guarantee you our ratings will be fine. Um, that's not actually optimal, but like, it actually wouldn't hurt that much because people listen to the radio on their commute. Um, now, those listening habits are changing. A lot of people consume the show on demand. There's all kinds of ways in which technology and commuting patterns and, and all that kind of stuff have changed it. But generally speaking, like we ask ourselves, what's the big topic of the day and how can we attack it? First, what's my take on it? Second, is there any major reporter or perspective we want, whether it's someone who's reporting a story on the thing? Like, is it the main topic because Sam Fortier wrote that nine players hate Scott Turner? Okay, well, we want to get Sam on the show. Um, Is it something that's like, oh, a quarterback is doing something uh, or Ron said something. Let's get a perspective from a Jason Campbell. Let's call Jason and see if he wants to come on. So that's kind of how we approach it. And same thing with Logan. Um, you know, we kind of take the same approach. That one's more chronological. 
um, you know, today we, we taped our, our preview episode and, you know, it used to be our preview episode. The main thing was the preview of the game. Nobody cares that much about Jets commanders. So we're like, okay, we can use our Thursday show to get some cool guests on. And we had Matt Harmon, uh, from reception perception who talks about strictly wide receiver play. And so answering one of the main things that our audience wants to know about, which is have these receivers actually regressed or is it a bad fit in the offense? So that's kind of how we do it. And then the, the last part of it is like, what are our staples? You know, obviously we end the show every day, except for today with real things. Um, we have not my beat, like we have our, our NFL tiers on Thursdays typically. So that we, we then plug things around that. And from a, like our timeline standpoint, we always double check to make sure we're not staring at a blank rundown before we leave. So we finish Wednesday show. We look ahead to Thursday. Then Anthony and I text throughout the day, hop on a call if we have to. And we have like a, a running Google sheet and rundown that, that we actually put all that information into. So that's our highly organized kind of, it sounds highly organized. It's not often actually plays out that way, way of thinking about things. How do you guys do it, Matt? So we're similar and at the same time, very different. And I think that also is partially because we have very different shows. Our show <laughs> is a lot more caller driven and yeah. a lot more kind of broad topic with a single point kind of let's generate a thesis style show. And so because of that, mm. for us, we really look at like we'll watch whatever games the night before happen, listen to the audio. If there's any good audio, then we'll message it to each other on Twitter. And then the morning of we'll just send each other texts or talk before the show. And it's, hey, this happened. I heard so-and-so talking about this. Why don't we take a look at it from this perspective? And so for us, we kind of look at it from, we w try to keep it to a a minimum of three topics um, because you don't want to end up with just a single topic for three hours. That'll make anybody right. You're, lose you're, their mind. Your folks who do break the rules and do listen for a whole show, they're not going to listen to a whole show. No. So you so, got to have that. And so we try, to have, like, we try yeah. to have like three topics that it's like every hour is kind of focused around one real topic that we, yeah. can, we can get into the nitty gritty of why X is Y. We definitely do that sometimes, but it's also then it's like driven by the personalities. If there's a big NBA story, I'm probably going to talk about it. Um, or if there's a big hockey story, maybe, or wrestling story, Russell, like that's more up his alley. It's, I do kind of laugh sometimes. People are like, why don't you talk more caps? And I'm like, you don't want me to talk about the caps. You know more about the caps. If you're asking me that question, you know more about the caps than I do. It's just not my thing, which is fine. Um, Overtime and if the caps were, if, if the caps were going to the Stanley Cup, I would have caps guests on because a lot more people would, would care, but your diehards, like, I think that's the cool thing with like the podcast world now is like, if you want caps talk, there's places you can get it and you don't necessarily have to go to the radio. Although we would love you to keep listening uh, to the team 980. Uh, but I'm sure you can also find your favorite caps podcast on the free Odyssey app. Cha Ching. All right. Uh, what are your holiday plans? Have a good holiday. Thanks. Uh, thanks. Nola Sue. Um, we don't really have any. Um, we're Jewish in our household. So like our holidays kind of passed and Christmas is just a day where nobody does anything and we don't see any of our friends cause they're all celebrating, but it, uh, what am I doing? Resting. And honestly, I'm perfectly happy with it. That's a, that's a great holiday. I got Fantastic. a, I got some family coming down from New York just nice. to do the standard Christmas shindig. And then, uh, weekend after going up to visit the girlfriend's family in Philly. So I get to do the nice. New Year's Eve. If you guys are looking for any Philly restaurants, we have so many good ones. Okay. Uh, we actually, one of our favorites up there just got named the Inquirer's Restaurant of the Year. 
You're going to have so, to text me that after the show. Yeah. Uh, also, I'll just tell you here, or but now. I can also text you. It's called Kalaya. It's, it's easy to find because it was just named the Inquirer's Restaurant of the Year. Um, oh, we went a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago. It was so good. Um, all right. Last one I think we'll wind up having time for. Uh, Big Doug, uh, of course, the host of the Big Douglas Show, uh, which is always great uh, to get on. Hey, look, behind, if you're watching on YouTube, there's Vic Ferreira, everybody. Hey, Vic. Uh, anyway, uh, Craig, is it acceptable to wear Nike socks with Adidas shoes or, heaven forbid, a Nike suit with Reebok shoes asking for a friend? The answer, Doug, is not if you're going to leave the house. That's, that's where I've come. Now, I have, I have softened on this a bit recently, in part because, like, sometimes I'll go to work out in, like, an Adidas outfit, but the shoes that I work out in are Nike shoes. I don't have multiple pairs at the moment of workout shoes. Although I do have a new pair coming that are kind of your traditional sports brand neutral. I'm going to try, like, the Vivo barefoot uh, shoe because my foot is super weak, and that's causing me all kinds of pain and trouble that I'm not going to bore the audience with. Um, I'm laughing at the fact that I just realized I'm wearing an Adidas hat and a Nike sweatshirt right now as we're nice. talking. <laughs> nice. Um, but I, I typically am one br- – I have multiple brand stuff. But, like, I would say Reebok, Nike, Under Armour, Adidas, I don't mix with each other. But I do think, like, if you have, like, a Lululemon, a Gymshark, uh, you know, some of these – like, my running shoes are Saucony, I feel fine wearing my Saucony's with anything else. So that's, that's where I stand on that. I try to be as brand cohesive as possible, but sometimes, sometimes stuff happens. Also, sometimes I'm lazy and I'm like, you know what? The, the socks I have on are comfortable. <laughs> I want to wear this other thing. So I'm just going to do it. Uh, that's the answer to that question. And that's our, that's our very silly holiday mailbag. Uh, thanks, everybody, for submitting the questions. Uh, I assume next year there will be more holiday basketball tournaments, and so we'll do more mailbag stuff. Uh, maybe we'll do, like, a spring mailbag or something as well. We'll find a time to do it. Uh, Anthony and I will be back with a full Football Friday show tomorrow. Matt, thank you for sticking around the two extra segments. And uh, we got we got hoops next, so stay tuned. Vic Ferreira is going to hit all the right buttons, and there will be college basketball on your radio. Uh, see you tomorrow on the Hoffman Show.